Tonight I'm going to speak a little bit, kind of, kind of holding into with what we were going with this morning. I don't know that every Sunday night we'll do anything like this. I don't know. This is kind of what God. I told you this morning. I didn't know what I was going to preach. I wasn't sure. Didn't know that I was. With what we've been studying, with the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to receive it in that manner, please. And my prayer, Father, just don't let me get in your way, but use me. So I don't want this to come off in a, in a, in a bad way. That's what I'm trying to say, please. I, I receive it in the spirit that it's in. What I want to talk about to you tonight about tempting God. Something that we don't want to find ourselves doing. We don't want to be in a place of tempting God. Dangerous spot. And now, by the way, once you get caught up in that whirlwind, it's hard to get out. It will take the power of God to get us out of that. It will take the leadership of the Holy Ghost to lead us out of that. It goes back to like the, the, the traps that the devil sets for us, and being a tempter of God is one of those traps. Let's not fall in it. If we do, it's not the end of the world. We can get out of it. And so we want to hold on to him. So we're going to start out tonight in Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 and 7. And then after that, George, we're going to go to Numbers 14 and bounce around a little bit, okay? says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's something for us to take home and take heart with. Jesus said it is written. Well, where is it written? Anybody know off the top of your head? I'll be honest, I had to look it up. <laughs> Didn't know it off the top of my head. I had to look it up. Deuteronomy. I knew it was in Deuteronomy, but I didn't know exactly where, but it's in 6.16. It says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. Now, Massa means to tempt God. That's in the Hebrew language. And so he's saying, you shall not tempt him as you did in Massa. Tempting God is a dangerous place to be because when you're tempting God, it gives us the mindset or the heart set, if you will, that we know better than God knows. Would that sound right to y'all? Would y'all agree with me on that? If I'm tempting God about something, I'm basically putting God on trial. And the only way I can put God on trial is if I think I know more than God does. Amen? And I don't. Here's the secret. You don't either. We don't know more than him, and we don't have the right to tempt him, but I'm going to tell you there's a bad thing that happens when we do that. 
This will go along with the fruit of the Spirit. So if these things happen, I told you this morning that the list that he gives in Galatians 5 about the works of the flesh, it is not an exhaustive, uh, uh, all-inclusive, this is just it. It says, and such things are like things. So this would be one of those things that would fit in there, to not tempt God. In Numbers 14, 22, and 23, we're going to read. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Tempting God is rejecting God. And that's something we don't want to find ourselves in. But if we'll read in Numbers and we're going to cover them, there are three sins that are repeated ten times, which causes God to take away their inheritance. These three sins cause division. Well, we know that's not of the Spirit, right? There should be no division among us in here today. There should be no division from the church you're in and our church. There should be no division. It's one, one God. We serve him. We serve together. If it was just one guy to do it, boy, he'd have a job because it's a big world. So Brother Bays, where you're ministering at, that's the part of the pasture that, that you're assigned to. Where I'm ministering at, that's the part of the pasture I'm assigned to. Brother Mike, where you're at, that's where you're assigned to. There's no competition between us. We're serving the Lord. And so that's, that's what we're, we're doing here. So division doesn't belong there. And these three sins will cause strife and confusion in people's lives. So when we tempt God and then sometimes confusion rolls in, we need to understand and know that that's where it comes from. And to harbor these things in our heart, y'all excuse me, I've got a scratching in my throat. I think I yelled too much this morning. When I, now, never mind. <coughs> y'all just excuse me, please. When these things is in our heart to tempt God, it's a dangerous place to be. Now, the first sin is a spirit of complaining. Now, we're going to go to 14. Stay in chapter 14 and just go back a, a few spaces. We're going to go to verses 2 through 5. I want to read those. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Thank you. It's wet. Sweetie drinks that stuff, but I'll take it. Said all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And boy, you put your muscles on that, didn't you? Against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. 
And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. You see, there's a difference between a complaint and a spirit of complaining. There is a difference. Some complaints are actually legitimate. But a spirit of complaining will put us in a place of complaining every day about everything. It's a huge problem in our nation today. There's always a spirit of complaining going on, and folks, that tempts God. Did you know that? When we're talking about the work that we're doing here as a church, any church throughout our nation, throughout the world, and when we start complaining about things and have a spirit of complaining, we are tempting God because do you not know he knows what's going on? Did you know that? He knows exactly what is going on. But that spirit will cause us to do it every day. This spirit will bring about negative thoughts on a continual basis. And what it will do, and this is the danger, it will impart negativity to the people around us. We have to be careful with that. We have to be very careful with that. It makes me sometimes when I'm preaching something like this, I don't want to sound too negative, but yet we have to have the warning. Because these things, it just grows like wildfire. Now Satan, as we've seen in this piece of scripture here, he likes to take this complaining and use it to bring down leaders. Now, if God has chosen a leader for your group of people, for your congregation, a pastor, Moses and Aaron were it. The complaints going against them were now actually going against God because it was the decision that God had made. Do you see that? That was the decision that God had made for the leadership that was them, and Satan wants to use that to tear that leadership down. And when that happens... We can't expect the blessing of God because we didn't receive his will. Remember, Jesus was in the garden. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. If there's some other way that we can save him, if I can do this without not only getting beat up like he was beat up to take the stripes for us, to take the killing for us, if there's another way, let it happen. I don't want to spend that time frame, that small time frame separated from you, Father. I don't want that. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Now that takes something for a man to get to that place, and a leader like that is somebody that the devil wants to take out because just like the complaining spirit can impart stuff into other people, this right here can catch on fire too. When somebody is holding on to the Lord and following him every step of the way, like Jesus was, that is an insp inspiration to you and me. If he can do that, why can't I do that with him? With the Spirit leading me, with the Spirit filling me. 
And he says, you know what? I need you walking here. This has got to be done. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. But I am God. That's what he said. Hold on to me and follow me. Follow me wherever I'm leading you. I will see you through it. You don't know what tomorrow is. I don't want you to know what tomorrow is. I want you to hang on to me today. I want you to hang on to me every step of the way. I want you asking me. This is what God said. I want you asking me and seeking me in every aspect of your life. Every time you move, every time you do something, every decision you make, call upon God and say, Father, what is your will? You see, the devil don't want people like that in leadership. He don't want people like that sitting in the church because that will catch on fire. Told you this morning, sometimes we've got to do a little flame another fan, uh, fan another flames. We need, to, we need to remember, don't let this spirit of complaining come inside of us because it ain't of the spirit. It's coming from Satan. Spirit... Uh, Excuse me. Spirits of complaining will always prey on self-centered and selfish people. The heart of the complaint is always about their own discomfort. Complaining people will use words like I and you a lot. I, 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 you. I'm not comfortable. You're the problem. Understand? And that's what he wants to come about. They've, they, and, and complaining people will, you, will view themselves as people who are giving. Yet they usually are not happy that they gave. What does the Bible say? God loves a what? A cheerful giver. You don't give with the spirit of holding back from it. But when we have that complaining spirit, that's exactly the kind of thing that happens. And it's not a good, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, picture for the world to see for us as a body of believers, right? So we have to guard against that, that that doesn't come into us. The second sin that we see is a sin of rebellion, Numbers 14, 9 through 12. Now only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. And then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with pestilence and disherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. See, God will not bless rebellion in any form. Any kind of rebellion that comes, he will not bless it. He will not be a part of that. And if folks who cannot submit to authority, oh, they won't submit to the Lord. We're living in a day and age where it's hard for people to receive Good constructive criticism, which will in fact help us to grow, which will grow us closer to the Lord. You see, when we don't handle that very well, we reject God too. And He will not bless rebellion. We got to hold on to that. We got to know we don't need to be rebellious. These are people who oppose any kind of authority. 
They glowed in their own opinions and independent ways. We don't want to become that, do we, Brother Ben? And this is something that is usually accompanied very close by something called jealousy. Now, what did we read this morning in Galatians that one of the works of the flesh was? Was jealousy one of them? It was. Because that's what usually happens. That's where the rebellion comes about. They oppose. They reject. They rebel. And in many ways, these people are so blind, they feel it's their duty to do it. They feel it's their duty to follow. The third thing that we want to look at is victimizing the next generation. One of the themes, one of the things we heard at the International Assembly was, don't knock the next generation. Teach them. Well, they ain't going to learn. Just keep teaching them. If God ain't going to give up on them, then who are we to say that we, it's okay for us to do it? Teach them. Teaching my children. Where you at, bub? Are we trying to teach you, son? Some of it you ain't liking, are you? For the most part, he's pretty good about it. Or at least he puts on that face. But <laughs> No, I think he's very receptive of it because if he had a spirit of rebellion in him, he'd be rebelling at every turn. And I thank God for that. And I give credit to God that that's where he's at in his life. Because we brought him to church. We drug him to church. But he's had times with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they have a relationship. Therefore, he can receive from his dad and his mom pretty good. He can receive and he knows that what we're doing is that we're helping him. We're trying to get him to the place that will help him to grow. In verse 26, let's go there. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complains against me? I have heard the complaints with the children of Israel make against me. So to them, as I live, says the Lord, and just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, all of you, who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. We have to be careful. We have to be careful with the complaining that we do and train into our children. If you're seeing your children complaining, where did they learn it? Did they learn it at home? If we see our children coming to church and they're complaining all the time about church, where did they learn it? Mostly they learned it in the church. And friends, we find out here what the Bible teaches us, that's not good. 
That's not good because we're teaching them something that the devil is a part of. He's trying to tear the church down. He's been doing it since Jesus was on the cross. He's been doing it since the church was birthed back then. And all the way up through the ages, the devil has been trying to discredit the work of the church, the work of the Spirit. That's what he's been trying to do. And he has put it together in a way because we get focused on ourselves and we want what we want, how we want it, and we start this spirit of complaining and then we teach our babies how to do it. But folks, that's not the end of it. There can be a change. As we look this morning with the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, this fruit can come about. It can still happen today. Nothing has changed in that matter except for what we will receive and allow God to do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. And he can take a life that we think can't be saved and he can save them. He can get them on a path that serves him. The old man has passed away and the new man, the new creation that is in Christ is now moving and he's growing and he's learning. And sometimes when we're there, we've got to face ourselves. We have to look in the mirror. We have to put the scriptures to, to the test with us and say, am I matching up with that? So the spirit of complaining belongs to who? The devil. And God won't bless it, as we saw right here. Now, we can't go back and redo this, but you see, those guys that were faithful, Caleb and Joshua, who was the next leader when Moses died? Joshua. There's a whole book about him. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's one of the big ones that comes out. We got that on a picture in our house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I may not be getting it all right today, but if God will allow me and if I will stay submitted, he will teach me. He will take me to a place that I can take my babies to and take my wife to and they can take me to. You see, we do this together. As a pastor, he will teach us where we need to go and what we need to do, and we've got to be welcoming that in. Amen? And then what happens is we'll see a changed life. We will see a conquering of a new land. You understand that? You remember they went, they went into Jericho. What happened? I mean, can you think about God? All right, fellas, this is what you're going to do. You're going to march around this place. You're going to expose yourselves. Just march around, and we'll do that for a few days. And you're not going to take no weapons with you. You're just going to shout. I'm ad-libbing this big time, but you see what I'm talking about? Because the victory is whose? It's his. See, when we get to thinking too much, our stinking thinking gets in the way so much, then we realize, oh, wait a minute, God can't do that. That's not what God's doing. It can't be what God's doing. And now we've been caught in the trap of complaining and whining. Amen? And God says, oh, no, don't go there. Because I will reject you. I will not bless you. Hold on to me. It may sound crazy to you, but I think the Bible tells me what? With God, all things are possible. That's why we're not God, and he is. So therefore, we come in tonight, we pray. There may be some impossible things going on in people's lives. We pray because we know he's the only one that can make the difference in it. As we see the fruit of the Spirit coming out of us, all these elements of fruit, remember, you've got to have them all because if there's one element that's missing, 
then there's something wrong in our life that we need to submit to the Lord. Because it's all. Well, I've got love. Well, I've, I've got patience or whatever we want to say. Got to have it all. Got to have it all. And so this message tonight was to kind of go along with that. In the society that we live in, we see what happens with those that complained against God. They missed out on the blessing he had for them. They didn't get a go. But only two guys. That's what amazes me. Only two guys out of several million people, they got to go. And the children of the others. He said, you said these, these kids would not make it. You said that they were not, but I'm taking them through that. You're not going. That scares me. That scares me, folks, in my life. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to walk there. How about you? I don't want to walk there. I don't want to be afraid of what this world might want to try to do to me. Because if it does, then I can't walk in faith. Fear and faith don't go in the same sentence, folks. They're opposites. God says, do this, okay. And the whole council of people, maybe a lot of people would say, oh, no, we can't do that. Can you, have you not seen that? And, oh, no, we can't walk there. But God said to. I'm, it couldn't have been God. But it was. Oh, no, that couldn't have been God. I know better. I've seen too much. Just when you've seen too much and got God figured out, he's going to throw you a curveball that you cannot hit. Well, I've been watching the Little League World Series this week. Boy, some of them little guys, you know, like 90 pounds, they're throwing a 100-mile-an-hour fastball down through there for some reason, or they can throw a curveball that'll move like four feet. How in the world do they do that? That's exactly how God will be with us. Just when we think we got him figured out, just think when we think we know it all, God says, guess what? I'm going to do it, but we're going to do it different. Just hang on to me. So tonight, take that with you. Let the Holy Ghost do a, a, a work inside of you. If that's something that sets inside of you, then you've got to go to him in prayer and say, Lord, help this spirit to go away from me. That's the only way it'll go away is by him. By him. He's the one that puts it there. We've got to trust him. So thank you, Lord, for this word tonight. Don't be a tempter of God. We don't want to be a tempter of God. Amen. We don't want to tempt him. He gives us these stories in the word so that we can see, so that we can know. Don't be a tempter of God. Stand to your feet tonight. We're going to.